covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Kyleman and Jim Bernier. Hey, how we all doing? Welcome and on back to a brand new, yes, brand new, geez, I can't believe, it's almost amazing we're saying that, episode of Inside the Walls and... It's a live version as we bring it back in to our little studio here. Myself, Zach Kyle, alongside, of course, my good buddy and, and partner in crime on the opposite side of me, Jim Renier. Jim, welcome on back. It feels way too long, but we're that, finally here. Again. It does feel way too long. Uh, uh, some, some things happen in life. Adulthood, hit strikes, and hurricanes. As <laughs> Joins yeah. us living in Florida. Uh, but yeah, everything's great. Uh, everything's back, and it's... Honestly, it's been a long, I don't know, last video was released September, I think, 3rd or 4th was our last one, maybe before that. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, we decided to do a live show this uh, this this time around um, for an hour, whatever. Uh, again, to all of our listeners who are listening to us now, uh, comment, like, subscribe, ask questions if you want. Uh, this is your show, too. That's why the reason why I wanted want to do it, uh, to get you guys in you know, in the zone questions about your team. We may not know all the information about your teams at this point. Uh, Cause a lot of teams are very quiet during this time of year, but we will be talking about free agent signings, news around the league and so on. So, so many things, but yeah, I, it's good to be back. Uh, the dog days, or should I say the NAL off season blues has begun. Um, yes. If your NFL teams are doing very well, you're at least you're enjoying football. Uh, if your college football teams are doing well, at least you're enjoying the football. Uh, for me right now, had a great start, um, and it's back to the normal. So my football teams and um, the summer side of things or the fall side of things. But, yeah, it's good. Um, of course, we got our joys of the NAL, and I guarantee a lot of you other fans out there like myself are big-time hockey fans, so hockey season starts. So the NAL Blues does get a little bit of a, a cushion when other sports that I follow, you know, take the void of my pain and sorrow that was um the lack of the nl but still yeah. uh well, it's know. the off season there's a lot only so much we could talk about um but we did but we have been gone for a month so there's yeah no- and i think that's kind of why we we needed we needed to get something out we kind of we we missed some marks on getting down and talking new coaching hires it was just mm-hmm. bad timing on our end uh there's been plenty of there's now getting re-signings that are from last year that we should really be discussing um and even some new changes to the rules that have been discussed uh and look we're already getting on live stream people tuning in and saying hi of course that uh, you could tell arena football statement i assume as duke on duncan williams there mm-hmm. signing on and saying hi glad to uh, have you on for the live show and we got a uh, one of our buddies from the discord server which by the way you should join in on that talk a little bit of nal with us uh albany defense kid very very active participant with us in these shows and especially on the discord, you know, talking all things empire. We got fans from pretty much mo- a good chunk of the fan base is on there. Um, still trying to get all eight, but we will get all, all eight by the end of the season. I will be pushing the discord harder than I did last year. I guarantee it, mm-hmm. but welcome as of course he says, let's go. He's at a high school football game. It is high school football season. You know, we see uh, some of our other buddies in the NAL circles like Skylar lane. He does a lot of high school fo- football and uh, get the community out there. As we know, NAL is a very community-driven game, so it kind of kind of fits, you know. Community-driven football fans going and rallying around their local teams too. I feel like it's uh, something's maybe not a coincidence there, you know. It's the joy of the game. It's like it's it's pretty cool that we've done this now. We've been over a year, year and a half, and 
a lot of people are like, it's, it's amazing how the last couple of weeks we've been getting messages on Facebook and Twitter. Like, um, where are you guys at? <laughs> where are you? Like people <laughs> exactly. are desperate for our show, which is, um, it's unique and it's cool. Um, but yeah, it, it's the discords where it is that you might get some league nuggets in there from reliable sources. Um, I haven't been getting a lot of them lately, so I won't be dropping stuff in there, but it's, you know, it's a really, I've had the interactions with, you know, Jack shark fans who watch our show and you've had interaction with them when you went up to Albany. Yeah. Um, it's pretty like, I'm still humbled that people like say, Hey, where are you guys at? When's the next show? What's where what you hear about this? What's here about that? What's going on around the league? And I, it, it, it's, you know, it's pretty cool. And especially we can just message freaking coaches and it seems like we're, we're best buddies with them. And like, it's a constant communication. Like they give us insights. We, we, we say the stuff they want us to say and we hold on to stuff we don't want them the, us to say. So right. it's, it's, it all comes around it's pretty cool, but it's, it's October and we're what, six months away from the NAL season. So, right. And we're not uh, even into the crazy part of free agency, which we got to catch up on. Remember folks, uh, and we'll talk on this a bit more. Um, there are phases of free agency in the NAL that's been defined a little more, I think, this year because people want a little more transparency on how the process works. And, yeah, I, that's why I was laughing, by the way. If you're wondering why, look, we're on live stream this time. So, like, if you guys are listening to this post, like, live stream, some of this will sound stupid, but uh, Duncan coming here. Zach's voice is soothing enough to cure my insomnia. I don't know if that's a comment or that's kind of scary. Like, like he's trying to sleep. I am I'm waking. I'm waking you up. Am I? Uh, am I the godly voice that brings you back from your slumber? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's it's all I can think go, about. Right it's now. time to go to sleep. <laughs> As we are showing here, though, with this live show, and I, and honestly, with any show. Fan questions are very welcome. We're trying to reiterate, like, again, you know, we want to hear from you guys. We have people that are regulars that talk to us. Um, I actually want to especially say shout out to Dave Williams, who has been waiting very patiently on this. Um, arguably one of our most dedicated fans over there with in Albany, New York. Um, you're finally going to get to tune in. So appreciate. here you go. Episodes here. I know you've been in our DMs for a minute, but we finally got that damn episode going. Uh, Jordan, the JPN 23, also another one who is on our discord. How's it going for yourself? Glad you're tuning in for this live stream as well. And yeah, just keep on tuning in throughout. Like I said, we got plenty of stuff we're going to discuss. Let's just jump into it. You know, let, let's do it. We're, we're back in. Let's, uh, let, let's, let's hit the ground running. Let's talk some things, new coaches, which aren't really new now. It's, it's some of these have been, <laughs> some of these yeah. have been new for several weeks. Breaking Break news, <laughs> breaking, breaking news. Three weeks it's ago. not it's not news until the until inside the walls drops it so dang it's not official until we confirm it well, it's been <laughs> yeah. confirmed by the nl website it doesn't matter it's, we haven't confirmed been long it yet. Con been so long confirmed so so yeah let, let, let's see which uh how do you want to do this order there's i mean there's there's a slew of them for different reasons that are brand new uh obviously we have touched on one being jason gibson already we did that in full detail when that and dropped easily yeah we've already uh, we have whole you guys can go watch that episode <laughs> and yeah. the interview with him yeah if you'd like feel free um tell you what why not this is a great transition let's talk about who's replacing jason gibson who is the new face of the columbus lions who have gotten quite a facelift this offseason mm -hmm. uh jeff levesque he's going over to columbus uh the albany ownership group or guys that have been a part of albany as well as some as the folks like say ron who has been with albany or nate sterling who has been with the predators in albany as well they take took a slice of the pie along with mike quarta and they now are partial owners of the lions 
And it's kind of feeling like that influence is rubbing off a little as uh, the new head coach new again, as we're now talking on here the new head coach of the lions is now a former defensive coordinator over there for the Albany empire. Chris McKinney Mm -hmm. is coming over. And uh, I will say Tom Minos, who's doing his own show now, by the way, uh, solid stuff. If you want updates, Um, he had stressed that he had been trying to fight for him to get a new spot uh, to get into the spot. So a really feel good story for someone that I think around the league, it sounds like, or at least in the empire organization, they felt really deserved to go that next level. Uh, and they bring a defensive minded coach in when kind of continue that uh, forward movement. And yeah, I can, I can imagine uh, <laughs> as he says, his name's Japan here, but Albany defense kid um, folks have already been, been saying, you know, Jeff has gone over, gone over to the dark side. Jeff's gone, <laughs> gone to the opposite side of the, the fence. He's gone down South. He's a traitor, or like you guys say, he misses him. But uh, thoughts on Chris McKinney? Uh, you kind of expect something, somebody from a Albany background to be the next, you know, transition into head coach in Columbus when the Albany ownership group takes a part of the Columbus Lions. And it for the fans in Columbus, it's unique. This is the first time you have a new head coach in 16 years. you believe that? Um, that's 16 years in one team. People say, oh, you, you don't see that rarely in, in, in arena ball. You don't see that anywhere in professional yeah. sports. Um, but I think McKinney is a good guy. You look at his defense. We bashed Albany's defense for most of the season last year about being leaky and costing and putting Albany in bad situations. Man, they shut us up during the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's going to bring that same mentality over to Columbus. And one thing I've, I've noticed about Columbus so far is they're keeping the traditional guys so far that have been with the team, staying with them. So you're going to still have I, – I know Columbus fans, and I know – um, Josh will make a statement or Casey make a statement. Um, <laughs> right. when I say this, uh, Gibson had a Gibson way of his style of coaching and how he presented the team. I don't think it's not a good idea to flip it, try and change it. Gibson still had great concepts that can be easily translated to another coaching, uh, um, style. And especially mm-hmm. in a rainy game, there's only so many styles you can play in this game, one coach can adapt to another coach quickly. Um, but you're in, you're in Columbus. The, the, how can I, it's like, you could compare this with the NFL. Jacksonville is a much smaller market where a coach can have a couple years and, you know, play 500 or below 500 ball and won't get chased out compared to New York. It's a completely different beast. You're not winning games in two years. They want you gone. Um, right. Same in the same in the NAL. Um, Columbus is going to be that team where he's going to be there two to three years and he might struggle or he might be successful, but it's a city where the pressure is not as high on players or coaches to perform ASAP. Um, but compared to Jacksonville in the arena game and we're in the arena game, Jacksonville, like Gibson's in, in an area where <laughs> you're not winning games and you're one, they want you out. Uh, that's how Jacksonville is. But I think McKinney's going to do a good job in Columbus really do. Um, it's, I think it fits. I think it fits him. Um, a small town vibe. He sounds like he's a small town kid. Um, 
And I just like the mentality that he had Albany's defense in the second half of the season or in the postseason. And I think he can bring that to um, Columbus. And Columbus has already been historically, since we've been doing this show, Columbus has always had a really good defense. They've yes. always, we've always, they've always been the one A or their one B, and they've always either been behind Carolina or they've been behind Albany over the year or over the couple of years. Um, but I don't think that side of the ball is going to switch. Now the question is, is how the offensive scheme going to be different? Um, but that's just how is he? How much difference is McKinney to Manas? And if it's a like a complete flip flop, we might see a completely different concept in Columbus than you did in um, Albany. But for Columbus' sake, I know a lot of fans out there. We're big supporters of Columbus. We love the city. I'm like I've told people this year, like, hey, I don't care. COVID restrictions or not. I'm going to Columbus for a game. Um, and I, of course, I have. T- bets to pay up to so um you, you but, do have some stuff yeah <laughs> you gotta work uh, out <laughs> um it's either he's gonna come here or i'll just have to go there so I, I, yeah i believe uh, a specific amount of beer is uh yes still yes being yes implied. that's it that's it that's it yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um but now that now that's a question that i want the listeners here to if you've listened to our show about the bet that me and levesque had does the Beck, Nolan Void now that he's no longer with the Empire? Oh, Ooh, are you good? You're going to be all contract terms about this? Hey, works in the NFL. Why not? <laughs> Get in the weeds. Do I really got to pay you beer if you're not actually yeah. up in Albany, New York um, right now? <laughs> but 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 knowing our uh, our fans who listen to our show, they're going to like, pay up, James. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I am most likely so. Sure. Um, but for McKinney, for sake, I think for Columbus, um, it's going to be a harder transition because now you're going to look at your sideline go. I don't see Gibson there. And that's going to be weird. That will be so strange this yeah. season. Not seeing see. Well, two things. You're not seeing him on, on his sideline mm-hmm. in his usual garb. He's going to probably be, you know, repping red and black garb with the usual stick, like the, you know, the athletic shoes, maybe the long sleeve shirt, mm-hmm. you know, or something, or maybe he gets fancier. You know, maybe he just maybe sticks with the collared shirt. He's been wearing as of late. I don't know, probably. but uh, I mean, it's going to be strange seeing him on the opposite side of that rivalry. Um, and for the Lions, I mean, look, they're they're going to they're getting, I think, someone like a like there's been tons of praise with McKinney mm-hmm. uh, that I've seen that I think gives you a lot of positivity. It's also continuing like, hey, he's a defensive minded coach. He already knows what to expect. Good point. Area. I forgot to drop it. Um, I know Casey. I know Josh. I know everyone's listening from Columbus. Um, can you email us the new logo graphic because I yeah. can't find it anywhere and I need it for the podcast because yeah. see right above me that's the it's like the one, one glaring portion that is not correct yeah. on our uh, list. I, first off, I just want to say the upgrade of that logo. Holy crap! I, that's an awesome upgrade. Beautiful. I love that read, logo. Did you read the story about yeah. how that logo came yeah. to be? I, that, I, that I think is even cooler. I listened to the press conference when they had it a couple of weeks ago, and I yeah. was like, man, it was the original guy did it. He decided to do a facelift, and it made it just, you know, more unique. And my colleague was uh, in my truck with me working. He goes, man, they went from, he went from Simba to Mufasa. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wow. Things fierce. It's a, yeah, fierce, lo- it, it's a fierce logo. Um, But one thing that I got to uh, – that's not really a good point um, – even the couple of fans I hang out with for the Sharks game, uh, and uh, we've had conversations in our chats, uh, the one of our private chats with everyone. A lot of people have been saying that that Lions logo was getting too close to the Detroit Lions logo, but this new upgrade 
completely distance themselves. So, um, but I love the new logo. So Josh, Casey, uh, whoever, uh, Aiden or whoever, I need to update, please, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> everything else is perfect. Those are all updated logos, unless Orlando changes their logo again for the third consecutive year. But uh, I don't um, think I that don't one's think a classic. Gonna, you don't yeah. touch that one. They they Probably. did a, they got the facelift right a few years ago. Stick with it. Yeah. It's good looking. And, and from what I've heard, the new management coming in with Levesque and how everything's being situated there in Columbus, um, I'm pretty excited for that city. Uh, Again, I, Columbus Lions are not the issue. Um, that my, I guarantee it's the Sickness Center or the city of Columbus. Um, there is a thing called 5G um, that you might want to implement in the arena. Uh. <laughs> um, but that's not that's out of our control. That's the city of Columbus, and that's uh, the people who run the Civic Center. Because, right. again, the Columbus Lions don't own that building. They're just attendant in the building. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think – this is really a discussion about the ownership plus McKinney joining up and being the head coach. You know, I do think, and credit, you see what this group does with Corda, with Corda starring in Tradico. Um, primarily Corda is the face of this, uh, of this purchase. It sounds like they, they know what they need to do. They know marketing strategy. They know what they need to get out in the market. Um, from what we were stressed is that the lions are getting a new refocused, you know, push towards getting out into the community this year. So that is their big plan. It's a rebrand. It's trying to refresh themselves and bring interest back into the arena again. You know, there's diehard fans, of course, the Lions, but they want to get new fans that maybe don't know about them in the community of Columbus, Georgia Mm -hmm. as well. And I think that's fair. You know, I, I, and that's something that this group, you know, that is coming in knows very well. We see it in Albany right now, actually, the Empire, it seems like since Levesque left, they for some reason they've they even have stepped up their graphics even more than I thought they could mm-hmm. get. And their signing graphics look amazing. Their socials been very active. So um, and, and you know. I, they've been very active, and especially here in Jacksonville, it's October. I've heard the first Jacksonville Sharks commercial on the radio in October. Oh. Oh. That's the earliest I've ever heard something about the Jacksonville Sharks since I've lived in the city. I'm like, wait, what? Could Already? we get that earlier schedule this year? Well, it is October, and they did say something about October. That's not sources. That's just the guys upstairs said it. So, <laughs> um, but I've already had people come out. Let's, we're going to talk about the other coaches. Uh, yeah, the schedule should become like the the IFL announced theirs. They've mm-hmm. always been way early on their schedules, and that's before teams fold before the actual season starts. Um, but for the NAL's purposes, I I really like how from the people I've talked to, especially here in Jacksonville, they got some uh, very unique situations in Jacksonville. Um, yeah. For the Jacksonville Shark fans, it's not it's not secret. Just look on the website of Vice Star Adventure Memorial Arena. Look at the dates in April um, when the season starts. There's a lot of concerts happening on Saturdays, and that might change schedules of a very road heavy beginning and a very home heavy back half. And for me, I would love that home heavy back half. Like you're telling me still a couple of road games early in the season, then secure home field. And at second half, that's perfect. That's what you want. But um, I don't know how the other uh, uh, run league is, but you got to remember, I know a lot of people talk about, Oh, how scheduling going to happen. Remember these teams do not own these buildings. They are attendants in these buildings. Exactly. Um, unless they're the only tenant there, they kind of run the building. But when concerts come like Taylor Swift, 
you could push to the side because Taylor Swift's going to put 15, 18,000 in that building while your state I mean, your team may only bring five to 10. I mean, hey, you look at us fans, sure, we could, maybe most of us would pick the football game over Taylor Swift. Yeah. But um, you know the general audience is going to pick Taylor Swift. It's just that's the, that's the nature of the beast right now. It's still arena's a niche sport. We just hope it gets brought in. You know. Oh, and uh, our one of our fans said, "Just when do you I mean, think this?" I say within the next. No birds are telling me. I have a hunch within the next two weeks. I'm saying, but at least before November, they they were, they were very adamant from what I understood, like that they were trying to get the schedule out earlier this year. They really want to get ahead of the game Mm -hmm. and get out early. And there's only advantages. If you get it down, if you get the dates down early, if you get everything in place, you can then hit marketing harder. You can hit packages harder. You can sell tickets more and Mm -hmm. more readily give your fans. Okay. These are the options we're giving you. And to me, not just season tickets, but selling single game tickets sooner to me matters a ton. I think you still have that gate. You put the season tickets first, you give it some time, then you release. But like to me, if you want to do season tickets and then single game, if you release the schedule early enough and do it earlier than usual, you get maybe like a month or two of single ga- of season ticket sales. And then like two months out before the season starts, at the, I think at the very minimum, two months out, you open single game tickets. One thing, I don't know if any team in the NAL is doing this, but I know a team in the ECHL, which is the East Coast Hockey League, called the mm-hmm. Savannah Ghost Pirates. They have a, I think, a season ticket package. This is how you uh, you restart a new, uh, um, a new, I want to say, fan base. You can say we're yeah. trying to juvenize the fan base. Is they're giving season buy season ticket package. For all, I think they play like 36 or 30. I shouldn't know. I have season tickets to the Iceman. So we have 36 home <laughs> games. So I guarantee it's the same there. Um, so you get the season package, 36 games, plus four game playoffs. And if you're a military member, you can get a next season package for half off. So you're basically yeah. getting two tickets for a third of the price. Um, I wonder if some other teams are doing that in the NAL. But again, the NAL is not the ECHL. And the ECHL has a lot more games. And it's Honestly, hockey's more hate. People hate to say this. Hockey's a lot more popular than arena football at the time. Um, but I wonder if some other minor league teams. That'd be a pretty good thing for a lot of these teams, especially like in West Texas, maybe a uh, Fayetteville to get, especially Fayetteville, the military city, get some military yes. discounts and military season passes. Um, it'll be. I think it'd be pretty interesting. I know Jacksonville does something like that, but they do what they call the military ticket giveaway. So they military people come in the game they get free tickets i think it's free if not that's kind of totally i mean you know that you know they're going to hit that hard with fayetteville being that you know that military background town that they have there or at least the population having the residents that are coming in and out of that Mm -hmm. in terms of the base nearby so yeah i i agree with you um but yeah i guess if you want a quick answer because we're also like we want we're waiting on the schedule too we were like I said, we've been told they want it earlier than usual. They want to focus on getting ticket sales more mm-hmm. present earlier in the off-season cycle. So I think both of us are on the page of if they don't have it by November, we're going to have to be like, hey, what's going on, guys, is what yeah. we're going to be talking about next. And also um, yeah. the schedule will help us for future plannings of possibly yes. road trips. So Yes, it will. Yeah. <laughs> it most certainly will. I already be- have in my mind – and I, this is my grandiose big football trip next year. I'm going to do a San Antonio weekend. 
I'm going to wow. go, Those I'm going to hit an XFL game. I'm going to hit a gunslingers game in the same weekend. I'm doing it. It's happening. As long as they are on different days, I'm golden. I don't think XFL and San Antonio and the, and the NAO play in the same time. Well, they, they play through April with the XFL. Good point. Playoffs Good point. are in May. So as long as I get a home game that matches up, I'm, oh, I'm crossing see, my I, fingers. See, that, my fingers. you know more than me. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> San Antonio would be a great experience. Uh, and also you can do that, you know, the Florida two-step. Hopefully there's a game on Saturday and a game on Friday. and do Jacksonville one day and Orlando the next. So mm-hmm. that would yeah. be something to do. Or go to Carolina and do a Carolina two-step with Fayetteville and Greensboro. I, I got to get more games. Like I said, the NAL mm-hmm. championship, I was like, man, I need to hit more games. And then I can talk to more people You like I did. Well, not just that, but like. You know, I can also get in their ear about, hey, go to Indianapolis, please. I'm begging you. I want to see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, um, I know right. someone that has money that can find, fund a team. Who? Not me. <laughs> Not me, but you can find him in Indy. Anyway, let's get back on track with the co- with the coach's discussion. Um, we'll slide on over to the Carolina Cobras, mm-hmm. mainly because you said the Florida two stuff. Just made me think about Jacksonville. Um, Josh Resignalo. Um I, I almost made a pun there on unresigned with his mm. name, but uh, he did step down as the head coach of the Carolina Cobras. He has now pursued a job over with the IFL's Tulsa Oilers. I'm again referencing just for uh, means of the of the show. And in his place, we have offensive coordinator James Fuller, who will be taking the reins and upgrading to the head coaching position. He is no stranger to head coaching in the NAL. Jim definitely yeah. knows that very well, yes. um, as he was two seasons ago with the Jacksonville Sharks correct, and transitioned over to the clump to the Carolina Cobras. So honestly, my main thing is it, you're, you have them in house. You keep basically what I think the system was that they were doing well anyway in Carolina. Uh, it helps with re-signings. If you ask me, as long mm-hmm. as you like, as long as you were on the same board with coach Fuller as you were with coach Rez, um, you know, solid signing. I mean, he's been around the block. It's uh, it's not a risky signing. It's not, but it's also, not dangerous. You're getting a, I think you get a, it's the one of the more safe bet choices uh, yeah. that have been in the league so far. Well, it's, it's, I, I've honestly, I can't be calm. Um, <laughs> this is live, James. <laughs> this is not recorded. You can't just say stop. Um, but yeah, um, Fuller, he had Jacksonville is a unique team um, in a unique situation. Um, like I said meant earlier that if you don't win in Jacksonville, they want you out quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see this all the time happening in the National Football League where coaches are not successful at their first job, get moved move to another um, city, and are night and day. Great example, Bill Belichick. Yep. Gets fired, gets hired, quits, then gets hired the next day with the Patriots. <laughs> right. Becomes probably one of the, the, one of the best coaches ever coached the game. It happens. Um, full Greensboro, um, Carolina Cobras. I don't know how we want to say this team. Cause every time we say Carolina Cobras, people said they're not the Carolina Cobras. You're playing Greensboro. Then we say Greensboro. We have fans. It's like, they're the Carolina Cobras. Like, okay. So you're the Carolina Cobras of Greensboro. Okay. We're going to do that now. Um, but he has already relations in there, uh, with players, as you can see with some of the free agent signings now. I, I think he's in a good situation there in Carolina. He's not being thrown into a situation where he has to build a team from ground up. He actually has people where he can just 
look at this roster that he has that he can sign that he still has the rights to until um, the, November 1st. So he, he can still go after players that he wants on his team. Fortunately, DJ Myers, because he's going to the USFL. Congrats, DJ. Um, it's He's in a good situation. Not a lot of stress in Carolina. They're still going to be a solid team. If they keep most of that roster that we've seen last year, and I know a lot of Albany fans will get mad when I say this, um, they still have a good roster. They still have a championship caliber roster. It's just that mm-hmm. they went up against another championship caliber roster and lost. Um, and based on so far how player signs are going, I think he's in a good situation. There's a couple players there I still think. Um, we know Ziggler got signed there. We know Smith stayed there. Um, if they keep probably, I would say, two more, two or three more guys are on that team that want that stay, uh, like James Summers, for instance, or Kendrick Gaines, for instance, that wants to stay, and mm-hmm. convince Bain to stay, you still have a solid team. And you're a playoff team with that roster. Um, they were the most of the year, they were the better team in the season. Um, playoffs said otherwise, but that's why you play the whole regular the whole season. Um, but I think he's in a good situation. Um, yes, it's not Jacksonville. I don't think he has the, as much stress on him. I think he can manage in a 14-game season, 10 wins there in, in Carolina, and they'll be happy. And that could be a two-seed, um, mm-hmm. could be a four-seed. Um, if the rumors I'm hearing or the chatter I'm hearing of a 16 playoff next year, four-seed gets you a home playoff game in the first round. So um, that's not official yet, but that's just chatter I've been hearing. Um, but Fuller's in a good situation. Um, this, the ownership is a very good situation. Um, I've talked to the owner, um, cause he's also an owner of the sharks too. So, uh, it, I, they're in good situation, uh, for Carolina fans who are listening to this, uh, thank you for support. Thank you for downloading. Uh, yeah, Resonato left. You're not going to fall off a cliff. You're a good pro. You're a good team. You've, you're one of the only few teams in the NL that's make the playoffs every single year of their existence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you, you guys would be back in there too. So. Um, yeah, I'm in good confidence. Fuller, he just he didn't work out. Uh, Jackson doesn't make him a bad coach. I think no, just, no. you know, switching a different facility, new area, and he's already been there for two years, so he knows what Carolina's about, and he'll bring that same mentality. I have a lot more confidence in Fuller this time around than I did when he came was here in Jacksonville, because um, I see the maturity. And plus, one thing that we talked about Jonathan Bain before for Carolina fans, he's followed Fuller everywhere Fuller has gone. Where's Fuller? He's a head coach of the Carolina Cobras. Does that mean Jonathan Bain's mm-hmm. going to be in Carolina? If he comes in the NIF, or the, the not IFL, excuse me, the NAL, I think <laughs> it will be the Carolina Cobras um, because he stayed. He's, he mentioned that to us before in the interview that he mm-hmm. follows Fuller. Uh, he's played with Fuller all the way. Some means location. So for fans like that, I think it's in a perfect situation. Well, yeah, and if you like, if you like the system you're in, you like the yeah. guys you're being yeah. coached by, why not go with it? And, and I, it really, like I said, it's uh, with any with any signing, it's you know you take it as you go. It's mm-hmm. usually one year over year deals. So you know if 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 Jonathan wants to come back, I don't think anyone would complain. Um, I don't think the championship game performance should make you want to even question that because I, he yeah. still is is ceiling as we see is MVP level and one bad game doesn't define a quarterback that has won championships in this league before. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would easily want him back just for the talent level of the league in general and to watch him play again. So uh, Jonathan, if you're, if you watch this later, that's basically my invitation to say, Hey, if you're on the fence, I'd love to watch you back in Carolina again. I would be, I would be ecstatic to see you back in Carolina if you have the chance. And if you don't happen to get a uh, higher up league opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. So very good stuff. And yeah, like I said, Fuller, you know, it didn't work out in Jacksonville, but yeah. again, stable guy. 
this is what you need. It's a quick. It's a guy you can quickly plug and play. There wasn't much, uh, even with jo- with Josh stepping down, there wasn't much drama. It was a quick. All right, systems back in gear. We're back to our regular schedule program. Let's mm-hmm. get this ball rolling like we have been year over year. Um, moving on here, other coaching signs. This one, I'll, we'll go to Orlando. Um, I think a lot of people had a lot of things to say about this, and I don't all agree with how it went down. Um, and uh, actually, I'll bring this up. We'll answer this question in a second, Michael. Uh, we just want to get through the coaches. But this is one that it, it affects. Uh, people have been talking about this, too. We'll bring it up about the uh, partnership with the Expo IFL because people have been asking about the NAL like crazy. And I get this in my DMs all the time. And so we'll, we'll do it. Um, but thanks for the question. Uh, meanwhile, though, let's talk about Herky Walls, uh, who is going to be the new head coach of the Orlando Predators. This was announced after other coaching signings of uh, Chris McKinney, of James Fuller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, they did a great job hyping this up. They they did several days of saying, hey, it's coming soon. Hey, one day away. Hey, we're doing it tonight. And I was, again, kind of surprised at how the community outside of Orlando responded um, because yes, Herky, I will say in terms of the overall resume doesn't fully come off as like a James Fuller type, or maybe like a Chris McKinney where they have a bunch of experience. Herky has coached before, but it's been last I checked, it's been a minute. Um, but if you're talking about a fan base that is uh, last year made massive strides and posted the largest attendance number in the NAL last season for a single game. Uh, talk about community driven because Herky is loved in Orlando. When, when this announcement was made, all you saw was yes, the AFL legends back. Now he's my head coach. He's back home where he belongs. If you're an Orlando fan, people have been loving the signing in Orlando. Uh, it's just, it seems like anyone who's anybody outside of Orlando has decided to throw their name in the hat on trying to throw a critique their way about how this was going down. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what do you think of this, Jim? I've been, I've been fine with it for the sake of like building an audience again, because that's first things first. But I understand the, I, I guess I kind of understand people worries about performance and mm-hmm. the other end of it. Well, I think there was some people who had Orlando on in a position where they were put on a pedestal that they don't belong on right now. Like they're, oh, we're Orlando's. We should get a top tier head coach that who's, you know, like a Les Moss or something like that, that has, you know, multiple championships who that, that's Orlando's brand. Sure. Um, but you got to look at what Orlando has come from. Like a couple of years ago, they were struggling to put people in the seats. Last year, as the season progressed, they got more and more people, more and more people, more and more people. People need to realize, um, Financial issues are big in arena games and coaches are one of the main caveats of that, of the money. Um, but going after a guy that may be like a Les Moss or crap or some of the other coaches, like I said, a Manas or even a Gibson may have been way out there of, if you want, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe in, uh, cause he was a hot name that like, Oh, he's going to be the is still there. he'll go like, I, mm-hmm. I don't see it. Cause he's going to want too much to go to Orlando. Um, Orlando, the fan, the tradition that is the Orlando Predators, you just look in the arena and look up and you see the multiple arena bowl titles. You see, you look on the YouTube pages and you look on the history of the AFL, I think the AFL.com and you see all the, the tradition that was, Orlando Predators 
And you still got a fan base in Orlando that's still they're still proud of that tradition. They think that their team is up here when actuality they're about right here at the moment. Um, but that's not bashing the fan base. The fan base needs to be like that for their organizations, just like me with the Jacksonville Sharks. I expect excellence. I expect championships every single year. You're not going to get championships every single year. It's impossible to do that. Right. Um, but the vibe out of Orlando is that it's basically this is us. This is our own. He's our own. He's one of us. He knows the Orlando way. Um, and people outside Orlando are like, who is this guy? Like, come on. It's like, honestly, it's basically like Jacksonville. Like, Mark Brunell, he's our guy. He, Tony Baselli, great. Hall of Famer. He's Jacksonville. That's it. Everyone else around in the league are like, he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, he's in the Hall of Fame. It's because, it's the same mentality in Orlando right now. He's one of them. He's a AFL. I think he's an AFL Hall of Famer, if I'm right. He is. Yeah, 2000 um, class. Yeah, uh, so that, he's a, that was his. That was the big draw, uh, actually. So um, plus his successful career with the Predators back in the 90s. So he's an AFL Hall of Famer. I guarantee he's a Arena Bowl champion. I guarantee he has a lot of awards in his time as a player. He had a blip hiccup in I think Daytona. I think it's the team he was coaching yeah, back was in the day. AF2 team back in the early 2000s he had a short stint with was his main thing. Yeah, but back in the day AF2 some a lot of the AF2 teams were like a lot of the the leagues below us that played in Barnes a couple years ago. Um mm-hmm. but you don't hold that against the guy. Um I think for Orlando how their fan base is improving, how they want I think they had like 9,000 fans their last home game, which is incredible. Right at the threshold. It was pretty, pretty awesome. And for Orlando fans and for me as a fan of the game, the arena game, 9,000 fans. I remember when that building held 20,000 fans for a a Orlando Predator football game. I wanted to get there, but 9,000 in the arena is still freaking loud. (laughs) Like, yeah, it gets loud in there. Um, um, but overall, I honestly, I can't let say, Oh, he's going to do this, this, and this, and this on the game. I don't know because I don't really. You go look for old Daytona clips on YouTube, and they're just they're bad VHS copies, and you can't <laughs> watch the games a lot. Um, for the people in, outside of Orlando, see what happens. Like Orlando has tradition. Players would go to Orlando. The player Orlando is a nice city. Just gonna say it's a nice city. They have nice facilities down there, and that's a beautiful building down there. Um, but yeah, it's just. The heat from him, from the other teams, made me go, this is a little bit too much. Uh, but overall, the Orlando fan base that was on that live stream when the, the thing was announced, the press conference was announced, was great. Um, especially the people I've talked to behind the scenes. Um, they expect good things out of Orlando. I just think Orlando is going, we're done hiring players and coaches outside of Orlando who are not a part of the tradition here. They're going sure. their way. Orlando way and trying to bring back what the Orlando Predators were um, in the nineties and in the early two thousands of the AFL. So I like the hire. I just don't like how everyone was getting bashed, bashing the guy. Um, like saying like, who's this guy? I'm like, come on, be, be more respectful. But I, I like the hire. Um, I just think Orlando is one of those teams that in the last year, you started seeing them turn to the better, especially for the fan attendance and all. And I just expect this off season, just build up to a, a 2023 season that um, hopefully we expect to see 10, 9,000 fan average a home game. So wouldn't that be I, awesome? That would be good. Um, I would be, I'd be ecstatic if we saw that out of Orlando, out of it, the predators. It should happen. It happened in San Antonio too. San Antonio was close to 8,000. They're one of the last home games too. Um, and I think that's a great way. If we can get 8,000 fans average 
in all these arenas. Arena football, in my opinion, that's the well, arena, official arena football is back next year with the Nets and the rules. Um, that's the NAL is basically what arena football was, and I'm looking forward now. We just need to get that fan base from the averages of 5,000 to 6,000 up to eight to 10,000. That'd be great. Um, but again, it's work in progress in Orlando, like Albany, like Columbus is starting to do, like Jacksonville's doing broadcasting, social, they're doing their thing. But for Orlando, um, I think they're going back sometimes to get to where you want to get to. You got to fall back to your traditional ways. And I think the Predators are doing that. Ooh. And actually uh, here, don't, Nugget just had a great, basically tying into our conversation. Uh, Orlando loves their team, which, yes, they do. Their fan base is extremely passionate. Do you believe the Preds will go the next level this season? I think that they are. They saw what they were at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Look, when you get embarrassed 71-14 to 14 at the end of the year, there's a lot of people that had takes at the end of last year. Uh, it, was, it was ugly. Um, and I do believe that some folks along – and this also, I think, is what stemmed from the Herky Walls signing, is some people, I think, saw that and went – Orlando's settling. We aren't taking steps in the right direction. Um, and that it might be next year where you have a passionate fan base again, but mm-hmm. they aren't going to invest in the team as well. And it's going to be more a side project since remember, you know, many of the, there's our, there's an owner, the ownership group we talked about that got the lions share, you know, Starling is involved along with John Cheney who's more the local side of this. So they've gotten their own heat from some people outside of the fan base and even some in, but I do believe, I mean, Starling's been adamant on social. They do want to bring back winning football. I think they saw what happened last season. They've made some changes in the front office as well, and they're trying to switch that out. So I think they take it to the next level. I don't think they're going to be last in the league again. Um, I think that, I think that honestly, I think they'll be possibly a playoff team at a four seed um, as long as they're aggressive. There still hasn't really been any signing traction out of the predators yet mm. but i don't see this franchise seeing how they ended the year and the momentum they had if they squander that's on them but i don't think they do another season where they maybe miss the mark and, and in some ways kind of come out lame duck at some ass some certain points you know herky was assigning not only to re-energize the fan base but to say hey we're trying to get serious about a championship we're trying to get you guys out here and make it to where you give a damn about this team. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I you, you said playoff four seed for them, right? I think that that should be, that is your baseline of we've gotten back to where we were two years ago yeah. and then build on it, you know, cause we thought they were going to build on it last year. Credit, you know, Ben Bennett was there and changes things when you switch out at quarter uh, head coach, but I'm just saying get to that four seed. Good take. If you ain't careful, you might be <laughs> experts. <laughs> might be accused of being experts, says Duca. Ooh, ooh, spicy. <laughs> nah. Don't want that. Don't don't want that. Um... Without a doubt. But yeah, I I I'm saying your baseline should be you get a playoff seed this year. Um, otherwise, it if you just miss, okay, maybe you're all right because you're not bottom of the barrel in an eight team league with two expansion teams. But if you finish bottom with two expansion teams coming in, uh, one that's brand new, by the way, which you know Fayetteville to me has the greatest challenge of all of them with having to rebuild their entire ro- build an entire roster with guys that you got to trust. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Um, I don't think you go to eight in that sense. Uh, I think that five and I think base minimum they're fifth seed this year and they just missed the playoffs. 
with a new coach. That's my bottom line. Is unacceptable if you go lower than that. Simple, simply put it. But speaking of playoffs, gotta have players. And yeah. free agency, as everyone knows, is on right now. There are some restrictions for free agency. I know Zach mentioned it earlier. Um, teams can sign their players that are on contract right now with their team. Right, now. They have the rights until November 1st. Yeah. Now, they can't sign anybody from another team until November 1st. So, basically, teams are resigning like crazy, um, especially the Albany Empire, Darius Prince, Trayvon Shorts, Harvey, Cornelius Lealis, um, Marvin Hollis. That's was it Tony? Yeah, Tony. I should just wait till it scrolls down. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, I'm trying to figure the names. You, I'm like, you built the you built the most of the scrolls. Yeah, I should just wait for the names. But and I, I want to stress because uh, Coach Manas has a new show he's doing. It's basically the coach's clipboard. Um, it's essentially uh, updates from the empire. Or sorry, it's updates from the empire is what mm-hmm. it's called. Uh, there's three episodes in. He's had a solo episode to start kick things off. He's had one with Damian Ware, and he's having one or has had one now with uh, Darius Prince and. Mm-hmm. The first episode, uh, he actually kind of laid out his signing strategy, and it's coming into fruition. They gave everyone a month off. They want him to think over the whole thing. And you see now, it's October. They've been hitting the ground running with getting guys back. And basically, they're like, all right, it's been that month. If you want, here you go. This is your contract offer. And so far, the Empire, for the most part, are leading the way with re-signings that I can tell at the moment. Um, Sands, uh, the, other, the other one being... Mainly from, and I'm talking guys in the NAL, by the way, because uh, West Texas also has quite a few mm-hmm. that have gone under the radar on the transaction list, but they have not posted on their social media. Um, there's quite a few from September they've already put down officially on their roster. Yeah, the first day of free agency. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> like, yeah. like, okay, easy now, West Texas. But uh, yeah, I, like we had this last offseason, um, not this season, last year. Uh, the roster comment, like I, it still gets me that my my comment about the Albany Empire made the uh, the hype video for the championship game based on oh they have a better roster. So right now, right now I'm gonna say this, um, Albany, Carolina has a better roster. Just kidding, just kidding. Cause they only have, they only, only, they only have uh, three guys signed, but right well, now. Well, hang on um, now. I was you already got someone jumping in here. You know, remember. Also, Markel Wade. <laughs> we want to oh, make yeah. sure we got everybody. But did I get, did I get Mar- yeah, and Markel. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that comment right now. I'll basically, um, we had a comment. Me and you were talking this off before we started live streaming. Um, uh, how you want to do free agency? That's like Albany signing everyone, Jacksonville, a few players. That's few basically what's going on. <laughs> um, Albany's bringing back everyone from their championship team, and I don't blame them. Uh, if it's not broke, don't, uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Basically. Um, the question is, is who they'll go after QB. Um, we don't know yet. We do know that Sam Castronova got a XFL invite. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he goes XFL, congratulations. Um, if not, I, if he doesn't make it or if something happens, I won't be surprised if he's in San, uh, and back up in Albany. Um, but yeah, overall I like, um, Albany's, uh, uh, signings. Everyone there came back from the championship team. Get the MVP returning. You have a offensive lineman who's played for decades, basically in the arena game. And Cornelius Lewis, uh, Mark uh, Markwell Wade is in there, mm-hmm. uh, and a guy who really changed the offensive side. Surprisingly, offensive side of Albany last year was uh, Trayvon Short. So 
Um, you get the weapons all back, and it's good signings for the Albany Empire. Nothing to, uh, you know, oh, nothing shocking because it's basically their team returning, and that just tells them that uh, they have that energy of uh, three-peating. Um, and Jacksonville got some key additions in two. Uh, Anthony Johnson, Shai Hill, Kareem Solomon, and David Gilbert. Again, all these guys were top-tier players for the Jacksonville mm-hmm. Sharks last year. They played a lot of playing time and had key contribu- uh, contributions, especially uh, the uh, Shai Hill and uh, David Gilbert. And Anthony Johnson was a pretty underrated linebacker last year in the NAL. Um, and, of course, let's head to the – Lovely Peach State and the again Columbus Lions, Desmond Reese. Uh, who else they got? Uh, Darren Daniel with experience. Um, that Tommy Neely coming back. Tommy Neely coming mm-hmm. back. Like Ramon Deloach as well. Yeah, you have a couple players in there. Uh, you're looking at and go, okay. New name, not really. They have history. Um, but I'm surprised, I'm, like I'm going to tell people right now, I will not be surprised if Albany, you see some Albany players in Columbus um, come after November 1st, uh, following their coach. Um, that's that's nothing against Manas, it's just the arena game, how it happens. People just love sure. playing for a certain coach. Uh, but Columbus has had a lot of a, a lot of signings, and it's one of them that's pretty unique. When you think of the Columbus Lions, you think of Desmond Reese, and he's there again. <laughs> Another one you'd mentioned that I completely whiffed on is um, Raymond Deloach. Like he's been there for what three, four seasons now for the uh, Lions. So he's steady defensive presence in the in the in the linebacking core. Mm-hmm. And there. Darren Daniel, he's a veteran. <laughs> like he he's a vet. He's been there a couple years ago. Came back. Um, and Tommy Neely. So. They got their quarterback. That's strange. They got their quarterback room already in set. Uh, those are the two guys that they had last year at the end of the year where they finally started to get stable. Um, and also, let's go to uh, Carolina. Carolina has a couple of guys returning that have um, experience from last year. Adam Smith um, and Derek Ziegler, one of the best offensive linemen in the game, uh, one of the best centers in the game, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. Jalen Powell are significant names that stand out for the Carolina Cobras. So you look at – and, of course um, – West Texas, this is not a shot at you guys. Um, a lot of these guys we don't know yet, uh, but there are some familiar names in here. Uh, Shaw, I, Shaw, Campbell, I've seen both those guys play. I've seen uh, Jalen uh, Childress play as well. Um, but it's like how we treated San Antonio last year. A lot of San Antonio fans did not like us because we are like, we don't know any of you guys. Like We can't really One- you know, hype, hype you up. But at least we have some game film on your guys from – last season so exactly one thing we learned last year with the gunslingers and we are going to hit harder and we've been trying to get this is part of our getting better with our own show too um film sessions for the west texas warbirds are definitely going to be things we're going to be trying to focus on finding Mm -hmm. film um but when you uh, keep in mind these are guys you know they touted at the uh were touted at the um championship game and yeah as you bring up uh here you know levesque's going to poach some guys for sure (laughs) <laughs> on that side uh and i'm telling you you know the warbirds they're coming in mm-hmm. with some swagger right now undefeated so and we're talking truly undefeated since this organization has existed so they want to come in and make a name for themselves you know here's Duke kind of again carlos thompson signed with west texas and he's electric i am we are definitely going to look out for him 
on re on any game replays we can find of wow. the Warbirds for sure. And we'll be taking some notes. I think we'll have an episode, part of our one of our next episodes on kind of breaking down some of the guys we see coming over mm-hmm. and some impact on what they can bring to their rosters. Um, like there was a couple players a from San Antonio last year, like Khalid Rashad. Yeah, who's the next Khalid Rashad? Yeah, that is exactly. some people sleep on him like us, and then all of a sudden you go. Some of you knew, well, and we feel on, silly for not knowing. You know, based on the uh, Dukon right now, it could be Carlos Thompson. So, let's take a look. Yeah, uh, but again, it's strange. Like we have eight teams, and the the key factor is there's only four teams that have made moves so far mm-hmm. um, this off season. We don't know what the uh, Orlando Predators are doing. We don't know what the Gunslingers are doing. We don't know what the, um, of course. Um, Lafayette is doing the uh, or not Lafayette Fayetteville. Fayetteville, geez. Lafayette. Holy you're making me shit! Think that, you're making me think that I got a team an hour away from me, which I would be like, I'd be a stack if it was an hour away. <laughs> I, was drive to La- Lafayette I was thinking Laf- Lafayette, Louisiana, but okay. There's <laughs> <laughs> so many Lafayettes. I swear this is just water people. Oh yeah, no, no. Look, Fayetteville. <laughs> yeah, they've got they got an open try tryout coming to town here. They're going to be getting some signings, I imagine. Sooner soon. rather and than in Carolina too. So there's know. a lot of football talent in the Carolinas. So they're going to find somebody mm-hmm. or a couple. Well, you're, you're going to have to find 23 people. That's your roster size. Um, but overall, the free agency, it's it it won't get really exciting until November 1st. That's when you'll see players switching locations. Um, you haven't really seen any big time signings from outside the league yet. I think that will, I think that will come closer to January due to. Um, the XFL and the USFL that's out there. And of course the NFL is still, you know, full bore. And a lot of these players still have agents that want to, Hey, my, my client can do this. Can they get on the practice squad? So you won't see a lot of players jump to the, you know, the side of, Oh, let's let me sign now. And bam. So Mm -hmm. it happens. Um, It's going to be. Let's let's let's. I just saw Dukon's comment. That's what yeah, I'm like. Yeah, well, I'm going to throw it up there so people yeah, can understand yeah. on the YouTube here. French James accent. Should, you should speak in French accent the rest of the episode. I mean, your your last name is Mernier for crying yeah, out it, loud. It, it already fits. <laughs> yeah, it, it already fits. But here's, you know how much, uh, the only thing that I know in French is, and, you know, Polyvou Francais and we, that's about it. And Jeff Dunn's <laughs> little, uh, the little pup of like, yeah, that's the only thing I know is in French. And that's it. <laughs> Of course, of I get course. people like like I remember. Let me tell you a short story. When me, and my dad, and my mom, we went up to Canada to go follow family heritage, and we went to uh, I think a, there was like a small hockey or something was going on, and they saw so what's your last name? And we get like oh, they saw our last name, and all of a sudden they went from speaking this to English to speaking this to French, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 <laughs> me speak English. And that did, I even said that, me speaking English. I go, oh my God. That's Spanish. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. You're like, I know that. Uh, totally. Um, <laughs> I was testing you. <laughs> but it would, it, 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 it's pretty, it, it's pretty uh, funny. Um, French accent. Um, if you have ever been to Quebec, France, they're a different type of French people compared to people from France. Um, we have a family saying here. Uh, we're from the bad side of France, known as Quebec. Um, 
Yeah, and I'm a big hockey fan, and I despise the Canadians and despise the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, I hate everything in Canada hockey-wise. And people are like, oh, you're French. Yeah. I'm oh, you're Quebec. just a bitter... Oh, you're a Montreal Canadian. No. <laughs> you're just a bitter... Here's the bitter... Uh, <laughs> I'm a rebel, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're bitter for the Nordiques. That's all it is. <laughs> That's a rivalry between the Bruins and the Nordiques, so... Um, some more uh, NAL community people popping in. Big Boy Sports. Yeah, Hello, hey. amigos. Welcome on in. Um, speaking of Spanish. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to speak Spanish. The only Spanish I know is Dos Equis, Corona, um, No Hable Espanol, 22, No Beans. No, that's English. Um, yeah, there's only a few <laughs> things I know in Spanish. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, being have... I'm just bad. I took two years or two semesters of Spanish in college. And right when I got my two my degree uh, my credits for that, my brain was like, oh, "Time to erase this. Don't need it anymore." <laughs> I mean, I could sound like I could sound like a moron trying to talk it, talk the language, but reading it, I kind of have some cognitive stuff kept. Mm -hmm. It's I think you find it easier if you do, but still, like speaking it, mm -hmm. I, my sentence structure is garbo. It's garbage. Um, Garbaje. Nah, garbaje. It, does, it does not it does not mix well maybe <laughs> no, like to put in microwave set to 400 degrees question what? mark question mark <laughs> oh oven, oven. Ah. That, that makes, <laughs> I, yeah there's no dial here that makes I sense think, <laughs> I, I, I we could get this wrong i think microwave and oven and spanish translations are very similar to each other i think that's one of the, that's one thing that's a gonna, caveat. Gonna have, to re, gonna have to research that. I'm yeah. not 100. percent Me either. Um, I'm bad in French. I'm bad in German. I'm bad in Spanish. I just know how to introduce myself in those languages. And when they start speaking, I'm like, I'm, uh, Google Translate, Siri. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm right. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, I'm beyond. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so we've we got a lot of little sites. It's interesting with these freaking live streams. Oh, you just I, go, oh I know. Beer, beer, I know. Beer, beer. But we haven't been on oh. for a month and a half, almost two well, months. It's so. been it's been very invigorating. I mean, we've we've had we've luckily been able to do uh, one of our other our NFL stints here with uh, mm -hmm. our our show Fourth and Four. By the way, if you don't want to talk, if about you want, it. I mean, if you want NFL discussion, um, we do those uh, live at least uh, every Sunday morning, eleven a.m. Eastern, on Fourth and Four's YouTube channel, mm -hmm. uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, those are always nice, you know, getting the NFL season involved and, you know, Jim's got some more exciting to talk about with the Jags cause there's potential. I've got something to talk about in a garbage team. That is sadness. Uh, for the most <laughs> well, part, we'll be both in the same cellar here. Pretty soon. My friend. Maybe so. I don't know. I know. I, I personally think we'll be two, we'll be two and six in a few weeks. New England's going to get a win. You're going to be kind of happy for that. So you'll take that, take that with you. Why, why not? Um, we, we got the Colts this weekend. That might be a oh, win. Uh, that's fine. You got, you guys can win that. Then we got the Giants, who have been very impressive so far you, this season. Then we, I want to, I want to see them win that, but I'm looking forward to the Broncos playing. game because the Broncos look like trash. Yeah, they kind of do. They overspend for a overrated quarterback, but that's the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, All right. So I want to revisit the question that I kind of shelved earlier from our buddy Michael Lathrop, who is part of the Player Fifty Four podcast with the XFL. Uh, he's part of the Newsroom family, by the way. Um, shout out. Hey, thanks for joining on the show and asking the question. Um, preface this starting out with first off some of the free agent signings that Jim hinted at. I think the XFL 
will have some impact on who makes it, who doesn't, mm -hmm. from even NAL signings. That draft is being rumored to be the 16th and 17th last I checked. So post that time, that I think you'll see maybe some decisions will be made on some NAL signings and maybe guys like, for example, Sam Castronova, if he is in the pool and he doesn't make it and he doesn't seem like his prospects are high enough to get to the XFL, which again, we hope these guys get a next level opportunity. We want to stress that, you know, if they come back to the NAL, if they're in the NAL, we're ecstatic, but first things first, players are using this as their launching pad. So if Sam doesn't make it, then he can come back here. That only helps the NAL if he comes back and works with Manas and is in that program and continues what was an excellent second season in the NAL. Um, borderline MVP, in my opinion, mm -hmm. for how he played last year. Um, and so I would love to see that. Now, the main question comes, of course, being tied to that too, as the XFL and IFL have a partnership. Okay. What does that mean for the NAL in terms of those two partnering up? Best I can give it to you on how I've read into this partnership. Um, those two leagues are going to have combine events. They're going to be able to more freely discuss their talents, mm -hmm. um, who's being released, who maybe are guys they can have poach, the XFL can poach from the IFL. It's a little more free sharing of info as well as resources. And I think a little more favoritism, at least towards a specific league for the XFL and the IFL sake being more favoritism towards say the XFL in that regard, uh, the NAL in this whole thing. Um, I can't really know enough, or I honestly don't have a great tell on what to think of it for them because the baseline of this for indoor arena to outdoor has always been in the contracts of there's no stopping you going to an upper league. Mm -hmm. You know, these, none of these leagues are restricting players from going to a league that is above them. It's about sideways movement that they have problems with. Correct. And this is any one of the big three, CIF, NAL, IFL, all three of them, they have issue with sideways movement. You go up to the NFL, you go up to CFL, XFL, USFL, they're not going to give you crap because they know that that is your next big opportunity mm -hmm. going that way. Um, so there's nothing wrong there. The NAL, I think to them, they don't get the resources with the XFL. Um, I just think that it it doesn't affect them in terms of talent, I would say, fully. Um, you don't get guys that are cut from the XFL maybe automatically. But I do think the IFL has some more questions that we need answered. For example, you know, the pay gap. And this is just with the entire industry of arena and indoor. You know, okay, you have a fallback plan, but mm -hmm. that drop is kind of a drop. It's a big drop between those two yeah like the base pay for the xfl right now is pushing 60k so and i know there's no ifl team no nal team that would be paying 60k in terms of breaking up per games games played there's a few things i think that need to be worked out i think for the nal you still are in a good spot um you're working independently if for example the usfl approaches you and you feel like it works in your favor Sure, maybe you have a talk, but otherwise right now, I think you're just trying to build your brand of football. Mm -hmm. And I think you also have to stress that to me, it makes more sense for the IFL because they're trying to play outdoor football on a 50 yard field and try to play as much concepts of an outdoor game on a 50 yard field as possible. The NAL is not the same game. I think that gets misconstrued a lot. Uh, arena is not indoor. 
It is different pass concepts. It's different play concepts. Running backs are not traditional running backs in this, unless you're Trayvon, Trayvon Shorts. Yeah. Um, that's something I stress greatly is the IFL is a different game, and that partnership to me makes more sense. The USFL NAL, and there's been guys that moved up to that league from the, mm-hmm. the NAL. We've Quan Stallworth, DJ Myers. We love that they've gotten their opportunities. I just think that it's harder for scouts in the USFL to eval maybe like some positions if you're doing it that way, maybe because Iron Man. And mm-hmm. I don't I I don't want to make it sound like that's bad. It's just that the NAL wants this brand of game. So it's harder to think about, well, how do we eval a guy that plays two-way position? You know, that's a little tough. Your specialist will be in a great spot. I just worry about if you were to say to a partnership, your USFL guys are going to be going, well, maybe we want you to go back to the specialist system, which – then you're reversing everything you've mm-hmm. done over the last season and a half now. So kind of could open a can of worms. You change your game a bit. And Chris Siegfried has stated he wants the traditional old school approach back in the mm-hmm. game. It doesn't mesh well is what I'm trying to say. Right. It's a little harder to justify. Now the CIF had more money. Sure. Maybe you see it with the USFL CIF. Maybe yeah. I just don't know about the NAL at this time yeah. is my thing. Um, I'm going to have a very different approach to this, and this may come off as homerism a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, XFL, question mark. Okay. Um, yes. Um, the other league, the IFL, what's going on over there? They're doing so many things, like we're doing this, we're doing this, 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 this. I'm like, you're doing too much. You're not a bigger league. You're I love the energy, but you mix one slip up, you're collapsing and the XFL may absorb all your players and cut majority of those players and you there's only two leagues left. Um I'm not saying it's a bad great for them. They're 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 trying to promote their league, but partnership. Um, can we get away from the partnership or deal? And no, it's called you. Ha- if you have better players in your league, we're taking them. Um, I don't think it's a good, like the, I like how the NAL is doing. It's like, Hey, we're, our main focus is to get back to arena football, the true game itself, arena football. We're not worried about anyone else outside of us at the time. Now if the USFL is a, Hey, the IFL is doing this. We've already have connections with you guys now, with it, oh, especially with DJ Myers. Can there be something? I think there could be a pathway to help players go from the XF, the the NAL to the USFL. Yes, or even the XFL. I just see. I know people hate when we talk about this. Slower is better. We have seen leagues in this level expand so quick, try new different things within two three years. That league's down to three teams. Or, hey, they, they expanded to 20 teams, and now they're down to 10. Because half of the stuff they did are not really sound. It's taken the NAL a long time to get to where we're at right now. Remember two years ago, we were complaining that we can't play with six teams. And it's, been pretty, it's been a longer wor- road, for sure. Yeah. Um, but right now, the, <laughs> what's the, what Will Smith said in, uh, in Men in Black? Old and busted. New hotness. The XFL right now is the new hotness. No one's talking about the USFL who just completed the whole season. 
but the USFL is doing their own thing. We already have players in there. So mm-hmm. um, Tampa Bay Bandits, you have gained two fans. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, the- yeah I'll, I'll add a side fandom. Uh, my Panthers still get it, but look, DJ Myers, yeah. Guy Myers, his brother. Like, how cool is that, by the way? Yeah, Both Meyer awesome. brothers are on the same team. I, I met I met I met their mother Tina at the mm-hmm. game. By the way, she has got to be thrilled for this. Oh, it's <laughs> seriously. Awesome. I, I'm I'm telling you right now. I'm not saying that the NAL is better product or better. No, if you get the phone call from the XFL, the USFL, the CIF, the NFL, you take it. You don't mm-hmm. go. No, I'm gonna stay here. No. Now there's some players that are like who are already enriched in these cities that love where they're at now. They don't want to move. They don't want to do what they just want to keep their current job. They have now play football in the spring and do their own things. Like Darius Prince is a great example. Devin Wilson's a great example in Jacksonville. They just love the city and they don't want it. Um, but the XFL, the situation, with the IFL, I see what's going on. The XFL, we're coming to, how can we say this without offending people? We're, we're about to get the product stale. We have too many leagues in the spring now battling for players. Sooner or later, one of these leagues is just going to be, uh, oh, the eighth and ninth string guys not getting a chance to play. Now they're in this league when just two years ago, there was only one, like two leagues, NAL and the um, CIF and the IFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what the NA, I love what the IFL did with the XFL. It's good. Uh, I don't, it's a good opportunity for players but for our sake in the NAL, take care of your own first. Build what we're doing now, and you start paying. Like we have a no salary cap, so we don't know what these players are getting paid for. Um, there's a salary cap restriction in the in the other leagues. Um, but for the NAL, I like how the NAL is doing. They're slow. Mm-hmm. They're seeing whatever. But if someone does get, make them phone call, like the USFL, listen. But don't sell yourself like, yeah, we're like, bam. Like right when the announcement was made, the IFL is like, we're together with the XFL. No, you're not. The XFL will push you aside when they're done with you. That's one thing I hate about these partnerships and with leagues. These yeah, I mean, partnerships I'm, don't exist. Look at last year with the XFL and the CIF. What happened to it? The CIF was like, we looked into it. We're not dealing with it. And they went on their own. Um, it's good for the players, yes. For for league, the league branding, I think, is a bad idea because it's just going to – one of these leagues is going to either collapse or pretty much consume whatever you got. And that's just a bad image to me. I've seen that happen. You see that in the real world. You see that in businesses. You see that in radios. You see that in our old sports uh, mm-hmm. sports network that we ran. Um, their partnerships are not partnerships. You're going to get controlled. And it's good for the players, but that other league out there out west – they're doing too much too fast. And I just see them making that wrong move. Like let's say if a certain facility, a certain team over there in the state of a, uh, uh, they're in the Southeast over there. They're pretty, that the snake in their logo. Uh, if they yes. get, if they get tired or something, they say, we're done with this. Okay. IFL you're an issue. That's issues. Um, but it's good for the players. I, I'm all for the players getting the opportunity to play in the XFL and USFL and the NFL. I love the XFL when it came out mm-hmm. in 2020. That was an awesome league. I didn't have a fandom. I, I kind of cheered the destroyers or not just defenders because my my buddy Carlos. Yep. Um, but this is not against the players trying to find the feed their families to improve their chances again to the league, the National Football League. But I do not like partnerships with leagues. I just well, it's it's like businesses. They're going to consume you, or they're going to buy you out, or they're going to make you irrelevant or use you. 
And that's what I think the XFL is doing right now. But hey, the NL is doing their thing. I like how they're doing it. Now, if USFL gets a call, at least we see what the USFL has done. Sure. And look, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm preferencing this a little ways. I think I bring this up because again, the NAL is the next biggest. So it's going to be referenced at <laughs> first off. I'm going to do a few comments that have come up. Clear Rashad. Yes, I am wearing this uh, custom uh, here. John Wayne uh, <laughs> gunslinger's Jersey, which was donated by a fan of the show um, and is worn by Fred Shaw mm-hmm. as well. So it's very rare. Um, it, not many people have this. I feel very appreciative for having this on. Hey, Kali, um, is our boys going to win tomorrow, man? Is our boys going to win tomorrow, man? I'm going to be there at the game. You, you answer, um. that, answer that question. <laughs> uh, also, but I bring this up in terms of the conversation. Look at this. Here's This is why we talk. You have mm-hmm. two – I think you have two schools of thought here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, of course, who very much is talking this, and here's this. I could see the XFL-IFL partnership opening up essentially a guaranteed opportunity for players to play mm-hmm. both, which I giving agree. players a later platform to showcase themselves and make a decent living, which I do agree with. I agree. Um, but my this is, my angle with the question becomes not of the upward movement. It becomes of the downward movement. Yeah. Because, again, I think – I don't mean to make it where it's money, 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 but – that gap between outdoor and indoor is extremely it's a drop off um people will tell you <laughs> yeah goal no goal knows he's he's ready for you <laughs> and yeah i'm i just got another comment here uh dave williams i am sorry we had to move this up a few hours it's his fault dave yeah it's my <laughs> fault you can you can dm me we did shout out you because you are a dedicated fan of this show um but yes it whole broadcast will be available as well as an audio version will be available and we'll be later. here for a little bit longer we're not gonna be here too long but Zach yeah. has plans but but i apologize in, we haven't um, done this in months so yeah and i apologize dave on that for the swerve but th- this is why it's brought because yes my i am i love the upward movement angle of it i will say I that i will not deny that my questions become with how do you manage the downward movement for a player um like say for example it's not about being cut you know, mm-hmm. is it a risk of do we move them down because we don't have roster space or something? You know, I don't want it to become a re- uh, like a minor league where you met, where you basically screw over a player by moving them down. You know, now if they're perfect, cut naturally, perfect example, you know, hockey, perfect example mm-hmm. um, that we the Jacksonville Icemen are a affiliate of the New York Rangers, and the Jacksonville Icemen just signed a player on ECHL deal who played against Jacksonville for a couple of years, and uh, I've seeing tweets like I'm excited to be Jackson. I've always wanted to be here. Great fans. We do have a great fan support for the Iceman shocker. Um, and the, and the, and the Rangers signed a prospect um, out. He didn't draft him. They signed the prospect. Mm-hmm. And what did the Rangers do? They're going to East. You're going to Jacksonville and they kicked the guy who signed in Jacksonville off. And he went down to the league below. And now he go, now he's like saying, I'm never going back. I'm not going. I'm not going back to Jacksonville because I don't trust the organization. And is I understand what you mean. It's um, there's going to be play, like I've heard rumors. I don't know if this is true. That if you go to the IFL to get into the XFL, if the XFL cuts you, you're under contract with the IFL. See, I need to. That's a part of the details. I'm still trying to figure out. And I'm look if Michael has some in China, I would love mm-hmm. to hear it. I would. I'm. Because I that's the only angle, the only part I want to be knowing about is the backwards movement. If you yeah, do get let go, you know. You do get let go, but there's going to be some good players that do not make an XFL roster or they're good enough at XFL and they don't like, man, 
I didn't make the XFL. I went to the IFL to get to the XFL, but I don't want to play in the IFL because it's not my game. Mm-hmm. Does that screw and, them and, out again to the NAL right. or and the CIF? It would be hard to – I think it would be hard to also have that when, Correct. you know, for example, the NAL, you know, I know some people have said stuff about the no cap in one angle of it, you know, because mm-hmm. some teams can pay more. But on that other side of that coin – what if he's a desired player and, you know, the NAL can offer more money than the IFL, which Correct. in some cases they can. Um, there are actually a lot of cases where they can offer more money than IFL teams. So, But the one thing it's like a uh, big, big, um, big boy sports mentioned about how the NAL is going to be fine. And he equaled my sentiment again, how yeah, so I, like, I don't like how you guys on YouTube, partnership so. um, because Sam Castronova, NAL guy, no IFL connection with us. He's going into the XFL draft. You don't need a partner with mm-hmm. a league. It's like you're just putting your brand on there and saying, hey, we're a part of this. In actuality, if you know the business side of things, they're just using the XFL's logo to prop them up. And that will put players, like you said, in issues like, oh, I'm going to go to the IFL to get in the XFL. And they end up not making the XFL. And they may not even have a roster spot in the IFL. Then they're, 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 they're screwed. Like, are they allowed to go to the NAL? Are they allowed to go to the CIF? Because you know how those rules are where you go to another league. And if you, let's say you play for Carolina Cobras. Oh, I can go to the XFL. Let me go to the IFL. And, oh, I didn't make the XFL. Well, you can't go back to the NAL because uh, you left the league. Um, again, I don't like those partnerships with leagues. It doesn't yeah. work. It has never worked in the time, in my, in my time watching sports. Yeah. For me, like I said, I'm in a holding pattern. Um, that is my, my angle. I, I, for the, for what is mostly been advertised, I am positive on that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the NAL though, like I've said, and I'll stress to Michael again, I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. They really want to focus on building themselves. themselves that is really what they have stated to us and what is kind of been the internal message this entire time. Um, so that's, that, that kind of finishes us off. Um, and speaking of building on, here's where we kind of finish our final segment of the night. Something that was brought up thanks to Coach Manas on his coach's corner as well. And Dave Williams bringing it up late here into the game. Uh, again, Dave, terribly sorry <laughs> you had to come you that about the time switch. That is all me. I will never I will try my best to not do that again. But he brings up what we're gonna talk about. What do you think about the additional online D line specialist starting next year? So, yes, it is official. The NAL is getting a third specialist slot on both sides of the ball, focusing on the offensive and defensive line. And if that rings any bell to you, Carolina Cobras fans out there, you're going, ah, Derek Ziegler. And yes, I, I believe Derek Ziegler was the catalyst position saying, you know what? Mm-hmm. His play, his focus on being able to specialize and have a dedicated lineman that can guarantee and lock down your side of the ball only benefits your team. Mm-hmm. And I think they wanted to make sure, too, that you can get more guys that are linemen that are worried about the two-way playing spots outside the NAL that'll be less cautious now about signing on Ironman because, hey, maybe they'll be a specialist now. Correct. There's two open spots. And there's some teams up there that will do offensive specialists with two receivers. Then you'll have two defensive DBs that only play DB, and that's it. Um, I love it. Like, I love the two specialists, but that – it was a caveat trying to navigate what to do, how to put players in. But I like the additional third, like Ziggler. 
Um, my uh, football coaches will say this. My ex-football coach in high school said, um, two players touch the ball 100% of the time. The center <laughs> and the quarterback. He goes, <laughs> if you keep that as your two specials there, perfect. Because you, you can build chemistry and you'll trust your guy. Because um, there's been situations where we see a lot last year, which is very different, a lot of snap to quarterback um, issues. And that's because yes. of this, because some teams didn't use their center as the the specials. They were the Ironman, and halfway through the game, halfway quarter, you had to flip players to um, to you know give rest or something. But still, Ziggler was a, uh, I think you could call it the Ziggler rule, or what Manas says was his rule. So it was a great, well, it's a great well, idea. That, that's a different rule. I was referencing. Oh. I would say it's. I think a Ziggler rule calling it that's great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for that addition. Uh, oh, Manas was more on the kickoff rules. By the way, head coach Fred Shaw, like the show. Thank you, coach. Yeah, all right. Uh, uh, he must. He must seen your. He must have seen the jersey. <laughs> yeah. So, Rashad got in his ear and said, "Hey, look, look, he's repping your gear. Yeah, <laughs> he's got hashtag guns up. I can already, I can already see the messages flowing in our inbox. Nice job promoting, <laughs> promoting the premier Texas arena team. And then Odessa t- chimes in with Gunner going, "Excuse me." Yeah, we're gonna get a video from Gunner tagging us, like, oh, most premiere. Yeah. If mascots could talk, we'd have Gunner on this show in a heartbeat because of how much he's interacted with us this off season. No, it'd be a great interview between him and a Chum. I oh my goodness! Say. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> and then Matt, and then Jack and Mac show up, and yeah. whoever the Fayetteville mascot is, because they're getting. Let's a just say we'll claw. be very speechless. <laughs> It'll be such an epic show. <laughs> <laughs> very quiet. You know, yeah, like that. interpreters everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Mascot we need, interpreters. We need, we, we need sign language. For what? They're not speaking. We don't know what <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my final thoughts on this uh, specialist thing. Um, I project you're going to see most likely what will happen. Offensive linemen, you'll see focus on centers mm-hmm. like Ziegler. Uh, you want to get snaps down. I think you also get – you know, long snapper will be focused on having someone who can do the center position and be a quality long snapper too. Um, that doesn't have as many foul ups defensively. I'm saying it's going to be your either. I'm saying it's going to be your, your tackle position that maybe you focus on possibly defensive defensive nose. Um, you know? Some teams might just do their three DBs as their specialists. Well, it's, it's get... a lineman. It has to be a D line. It can't be an extra DB. Oh, so I think I think to me you focus on the on either outside rush or straight to the quarterback. You bolt. You get like a Freddie Booth Lloyd, and you get the big guy that can just plow over dudes in the middle. You know. Yeah, good point. Make him have have him have the rest during possessions, same as your center. Yeah, I'd be. That's again, we're not coaches. We don't know how to strategize. But yeah, I love the addition of that third specialist. It gives teams more opportunities to. Not just establish identity, but give their key players rest through yes. t- tight situations in the, the game. Rotations, because early in the season last year, we saw a lot of teams. Um, you could say lost games because they didn't have their their guy in there because they either messed up the rule or they subbed too early or the the sub got them late. Uh, as the season progressed, it got better, but. Um, at least with this third substitution, you actually have that benefit of just having that one singular guy um, in the line. And, of course, your quarterback is the one dude. So, uh, mm-hmm. it for me, it, it helps lessen the blow 
of the game because Iron Man's a ruthless sport. It's football's yes. ruthless sport, and you play a lot of downs in a any game, and it's such fast pace. A third specialist is a good thing, but one of the rules I love that people want to know. We I don't think we talked about it in the last show. Yeah, when the Nets are back show, but mm-hmm. the Deuce is not going away. I've, I've no, seen no, I've seen not. messages on the boards like is the deuce going away? No, the deuce is that's our that's our rule. You'd have active revolt if people yes. took the deuce away because it's that it's just that love. It's an NAL mm-hmm. trait. It it kind of started that movement in the other leagues. So, but but one of the one of the things I want to say it was one of my uh, things I always loved when the AFL when the Fernets were around when the ball got stuck in the goalpost. Ah uh-huh, yes, like it stuck. It's like. What happens when we have a rule and you get stuck in the goalpost, it's an additional three points. <laughs> the advanced bar ball. <laughs> yeah. And every time you kick a field goal, you get four because your ball's still there. So it's just rounding up numbers. <laughs> um, then we'll be, that'd be, it'd be getting too close to, uh, was it Australian rules football? That's how they do it sometimes. So, yeah. But yeah, it's, that's the one rule I see a lot of people ask is that the deuce going? No, the deuce is there. No. Um, again, if don't ask us, we don't know about the football situation it's the off season well actually yeah i mean they're, they're working on it i know they're not gonna run with the same football again mm. there's there they there's no way that was they were disappointed last year by the quality of that football indeed very much so um but the manas rule i want you to talk about because i yeah. i think i'll agree with you in this statement i don't want to linger on where you reach an hour 30 minutes of the show oh no so, it's I think I'll wrap this up real nice and tidy uh, yeah. to f- finalize some of the stuff that's brought up on the coach's corner. Again, yeah, you should check that out. I like the I like the concept, by the way. I'm hoping to see more coaches shows again, like we were last year. But but nonetheless, so with the with the kicking rules, you know, they're trying to make it work where it's not only um, that you're basically having an incentive to kick at the net at all times, mm-hmm. but also that you are we're not going to be seeing players get killed uh, is something because I mean. The AFL had some brutal hits on returns, depending on certain times of ball being up in the air and rebounding. So two rules, and this was brought up by Manas, based on the ownership meeting that was discussing this earlier earlier this month, uh, late September. Um, one, they're going to be doing what is the Manas rule, essentially, where you are going to get penalized. They're talking about for kicking intentionally out of bounds. And if you know what I'm talking about, uh, when Roscoe went down midway through the year, mm-hmm. the entire strategy became kick out of bounds. And sure, I mean, it. you start where the kick's at in that case, you know, or, you know, you try and kick it out of bounds out of the back and you start at the 20. They want to eliminate that. The Correct. entire idea with the Nets is you want more play on the field. Let And I'll even take an XFL quote on this. Less stall more ball that's what they want copyright franchise i'm I'm serious they want (laughs) this game to be sped up this isn't just like owners this is officials i've that we've talked to they want this game to go 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 that's arena football so yeah there's no business having four hour games yeah four hour games are trying to limit those this year you know and i think the nets help that it keeps things in play less meandering around you have action so the manas rule is basically trying to eliminate those intentional kicks Mm-hmm. is what it's the understanding the other one is they're bringing the halo rule from the cfl which if for those that aren't aware the halo rule if you are returning a kick or punt well specifically a punt the punt returner is given in that regard a five yard 
circle where defenders cannot impede his catching ability. They have to let him be aware of his surroundings before they can make a tackle. So the idea is that returners have a chance to make a play and it avoids anyone getting creamed. Concussions are lessened. You have less severe injuries. And I imagine, yeah, clear Rashad here. He's probably hoping that he does get to exceed with his abilities a little more and not die in the process. <laughs> and not die, yeah. <laughs> because if Nick Hag is back, I wouldn't want Nick Hag running down the field and blasting Clee Rashad. I would be scared. Or maybe Clee wouldn't be. I think maybe he maybe he's up for the challenge and Nick's on the same page if he comes back. I don't know. But I think Clee at least would not want someone destroying him after he turns his head halfway back and then has to be saving himself at the same time. Well, Kali will do the two-step get him out and then be high stepping and ends are like Deion Sanders <laughs> <laughs> holding the ball and dancing. Yeah. I love these interactions. Now he now he's, he's just laughing at this. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad he's on the glad he's tuning in. I love live streams because of stuff like this, you know, mm-hmm. get, get, and it just highlights the NAL community. Players talk like any fans, you know, yeah. it's a very, it's very down, very lower level. Well, not lower level, but very, I guess, uh, more personal as type of relationship you have, you know? Yeah, so, driven. Yeah, but Halo rule, um, great addition. It's basically you're, you're trying to bring the, NAL, the AFL game back, but you're trying to say, what do we do to bring it into the future? Um, mm-hmm. Those are two rules. I mean, one of them is more incentive to just avoid it. The other one, though, the Halo rule, that's very much a safety one that says, yes, we we want to avoid some of the risks of the past and institute you know a little bit more chances of you know cleaner games and even returns you know, getting a response, you know? So I, I, I like these rules. I like these changes. The league still is, is talking about a few other things, but that's to be determined. But those were the ones at very least that were brought up by Manas that are definitely happening. They are definitely coming to the league next year. And they're much needed the too, returns. especially how the league is advancing and how Absolutely. the game is for the speed of the game. You also need to have safety for the players. Cause we have seen uh, recently, especially in the NFL, um, concussion being a very major issue, um, mm-hmm. or back injury, or wherever you want to talk said to a situation is, but still, <sighs> yeah, uh, I've concussion, yeah, the concussions are a big deal. And, uh, we don't want star players in this league to get blindsided by, you know, helmet to helmet, so on and so forth. And, um, that's a rule that needs to be implemented in any, I know a lot of people don't like it, but the targeting helmet to helmet. Uh, not an ejection, but still penalized. They don't call that a lot. Last Speaking year. of another one, I totally spaced. This isn't related to the kickoff returns. However, I guess it kind of is. It's more just players in play. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a renewed, if not brand new emphasis on horse collars this year. Um, yes. They're going to be a lot more stingent on the entire collar and tackling improperly. Again, safety measure. They're trying to make the game of arena better as well. Um I think it just goes to show like the NAL, like we talked, they are, fo- their whole mindset is focused internally, make it the best possible product first. Mm-hmm. Um, there's stuff they have to work on still. I think we know on branding, they know it too. Um, they are trying to address that, but they want to make the best possible return to traditional arena as they can to say, Hey, the sport a didn't go away and B it's truest form is back for the first time in several years. Correct. Um, we want to have people embrace it again in the best way possible. So yeah. Um, that's in the game of football advancement of safety is key. 
The NFL is doing a lot of things to help uh, save players' lives, technically, um, especially with college football. Um, new rules, safety. Um, even though we hate as fans the 15-yard penalties or all the referees taking control of the game, mm-hmm. um, there are certain obvious penalties that should be thrown during situations because of the safety of the player, and you don't want things getting out of control. But as a player – you could pull like a horse collar tackle and, and you don't see a flag. You felt like you got ripped off. Like, come on. Like I could have blew my ACL or MCL or fractured my ankle or something. And you're too busy not throwing the flag, like mm-hmm. do your part. Um, but this game that we love indoor, outdoor arena, full stadiums, it's a brutal sport, no matter what level you play. Um, and safety is first and keep this game moving forward. You gotta be safety first for players. Cause um, again, that Tua situation was really scary. That's Thursday night. Um, uh, there's people said that that's, he could have, you know, we, we could have, I know this is going to start in dark, but we could have seen a death on live television. If he was, yeah, no one, di- if yeah. he was diagnosed with concussion the first game. And that would have been tragic for the NFL community and for the NFL period. Uh, so safety is a must. Advancement in technology will be better. Safety of the players, new rules to keep this game safe, just benefits the game overall and the overall health of the organizations and the players who play this game that me and you talk about. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm all for it. I just want to tell the referees, throw the flag, throw the flags when they're legitimate. Don't ju- don't dictate the game because you saw a holding that was technically not a holding. Or you saw a face mask, which it wasn't really face mask. It was just a guy's glove going across a guy's helmet. Um, don't throw those ones, but they're legitimate flags. Throw them. Um, we won't get fined, but we can't criticize refs. But please, don't dictate <laughs> the game, but call the flags that are needed to protect the players. I'd say that was a pretty thorough catch-up, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, an hour and <laughs> 30 minutes on the show. Uh, and sorry, guys, has been back. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were trying to come back. Uh, Hurricane Ian happened, luckily, over here in my area. Uh, not, no damage in Jacksonville, um, just a little wind. But because I work for the city of Jacksonville, I was obligated to go do extra stuff uh, for our community to help uh, get everything situated. Um, that's why we didn't come back two weeks ago. Um, so hopefully when the schedule is released, we'll come out with the next show. Might be live stream again. May not, not depend. I, we, we might. I mean, do hey, a live, live stream schedule yeah. release. Okay, well, we can do that. We might. I mean, that'd be nice. Depending on what day it is. Um, yeah, depending on what day, you know, circumstances. And we'll life. do our top 10 games of the, what we think are pivotal games. And um, when's the first uh, matchup between the rival, the rivalry of the NAL between the Columbus Lions and the Jacksonville Sharks. Um, that's going to have a lot of storylines on that one. But oh yeah, overall, it's a, an hour, 30 minutes. Again, fans, thank you for reaching out to us, uh, players, coaches. Thank you for reaching out to us. Uh, um, same where we've been. Um, adult life hurricanes and so on and so forth. But yeah, it's been great. It's back two weeks. We'll be back. Definitely be back two weeks, but we may be back sooner because of the schedule. If it gets dropped anytime soon. Um, but yeah, it's been a while. Glad we're back. Thank you to the people who are listening. I've saw that we've had up to 15 people listen that one time. Appreciate it. That's uh, awesome. Sorry, Dave. Uh, we did kind of switch the schedule. Do apologize, but it's all me. It's, it's on it's, me. It's, it's always his fault. <laughs> You can um, talk to me, please, Dave. But, I'll, I'll apologize. Um, Kali, <laughs> thank you for joining. Dave, thank you, especially all the players and the f- coach at Fresh Auto that just liked us. Appreciate it. 
Uh, Jordan, thank you for all the support. Uh, chat in Discord later. Again, Discord. Uh, we have our Discord pages on our Twitter account. Um, yes. I may have to drop that link again, especially on this post for you guys to join as an NAL community. We talk about a lot of stuff too, uh, just not the NAL stuff. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm going to say thank you for again. Uh, we started this June of 2021. No. Yes. No. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. June 2021. 2021 Mid season. Um, and mm -hmm. we're still here. We didn't go away. Uh, sorry about the delay. We'll be back in two weeks. But for me, I'm excited. Uh, a lot of news. Watch tran transactions. Uh, anything big happens, we'll break it. Um, of course, if there's any players watching us right now, if you have any NAL-related news that you want to share with us for us to break, where our DMs are open, you can contact me or Zach or our page here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter about uh, you arriving uh, back to the NL. So do that for sure. We'll, we're here for you. We're here for the league. But any other league news that breaks, we'll let you know. Um, may not be ASAP because it is off season. We're still six months away from the season. Yep. Um, so we'll be back in two weeks. Enjoy your college football. Enjoy your NFL football. Um, enjoy your family and friends. And when we get to our season, it's going to be busy. Uh, we'll get back to weekly schedules. But overall, I'm glad to be back. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks, in my opinion, unless something changes. But thank you for your support. I really do. Yep. Really do appreciate it. Excuse me. I think, Jim, you summed up basically everything I was going to say there. Yeah. I'm I'm thrilled that we have folks that have been waiting this and are excited to jump on the live stream, especially even, even with the Audible. You know, that was mm -hmm. that's what's nice. You know, um, plenty of guys from the Discord, which, again, we'll link that. Definitely check it out. It is uh, – it's a great little community we're trying to build and we're going to get it bigger. We're um, it, I it almost, I almost considered the official discord of the national arena league just because it's, I mean, it really is. I mean, there's other ones out there, but mm -hmm. there's not many that really talk exclusively that I'm aware of exclusively NAL. So um, we'll, we'll link that out. Um, follow us on social, by the way, at in walls pod as well. Um, very, we're trying to get more, get back to in the swing of things of being more active on Twitter. Uh, and also, you know, we uh, say Justin, Justin Aaron here going to be uh, helping us out. Uh, you guys mm -hmm. might know him very well from any other indoor arena scene. So he'll be much more involved in our social coming up here this season. We are looking forward to having him help us out. He's really excited about this, too. Um, and otherwise, uh, you know, hit the subscribe button. And as our good buddy, the ref says, click that bell. It builds morale, helps us, too, you know, and you want to get on. Next, year three of inside the walls is going to be bigger and better than ever i guarantee it we're already well underway thanks to you guys out there um and i'm glad you all are enjoying and are along for the ride for jim renier my good buddy in crime glad to be back on with you as always i am zach kyleman saying so long until next episode everybody stay tuned enjoy the ride nal 2023 is on the horizon and it's going to be bigger and better than ever we